Hey, what's up? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Our high-level group coaching topic kicking off the month of January is big picture. I'm going to be diving deep today in the big picture of building and scaling a dominant real estate team or mortgage team or title team or insurance team in your marketplace. But before I get into content, we have a free team building elite guide for you. Go to growwithers.com, get a free copy of our elite team building guide. It'll give you the exact 12 pillars of what are covered in our group coaching product. You can also click on a link to set up a demo call today to find out why group coaching is a solution for you to scale in 2024. So when we get into the nitty gritty of what makes a team successful, I always go back to class. I've been speaking on class for over five years and class is the recipe. It is the blueprint to building and dominating in your marketplace in any market conditions, but this one, especially we're coming into a high interest rate environment, even though rates have come down a little bit, they're still not back or even close to back to where they were several years ago. Uh, we have a neutral market in some places across the country, a seller's market in others. So that's give or take dependent upon your location. But of course, it's still not a buyer's market. So we have several things contributing to a little bit, I think, of scarcity when it comes to buying right now with consumers thinking things are going to change um, over the next 12 to 18 months and waiting to buy their next home. And so for agents and title companies and mortgage companies and insurance companies, most people are feeling that things have slowed down. That doesn't mean that we can't be successful. It doesn't mean we can't hit our goals. So when we go to the acronym of CLASS, we will outline the main pillars of a business that we should be focusing on going into 2024. Like I mentioned, our high-level group leader coaching um, topic of the month of January is on big picture and big picture is going to take everyone through class and get us into the nitty gritty into the weeds so that we know exactly what those actionables need to be in our business to be able to get the results that we want. But this specific episode, I'm going to be spending 10 or 15 minutes talking about from a 10,000 foot view, the topics that I think are going to be game changers for your business in 2024. If you can give them their, your focus and your consistency, the first is culture. Culture being the C in class, what is the culture of your team? Do you have a culture that attracts or repels agents? Do you have a culture that um, keeps people inside of your world? Or do you have a culture that gets people to want to leave your world? And what are you doing intentionally to help build strong company culture? From a big picture standpoint, I think first and foremost, the leader defines what that culture looks like. Sometimes we might not know what we want our culture to look like. If you don't know, think about the environment you'd want to be in if you were a new agent joining the real estate industry today. Obviously, you don't want to be in, a, in an environment of people complaining and making excuses why you can't be successful, which obviously you can be successful. You just have to change your mindset. Um, oftentimes, I like to ask agents that say it's hard to sell real estate right now. I'll ask them how many houses sell every month in our market. Currently in our market, there's about a thousand sales or 2000 sides because of course each sale equals two sides in most instances. So most people that would complain about the market being slow, I'll ask them how many agents are there in our market? They might say 3000 agents and I'll say how many houses sell every month and they'll say a thousand. And then I'll ask them, well, why didn't you sell 300 of those thousand or 30 of those thousand or three of those thousand? It's a very small percentage. So putting it in that context or that construct, I feel like helps give agents the kind of that realization that even though it is a tough market, even though rates are higher than normal, even though there's not as much inventory as normal, there's still a thousand deals. And if you're in Phoenix, that number is a lot higher or Orlando or any other major city. 
So making sure you go break it back down into the, the basics, keep things as simple as possible. Uh, we are that type of culture. We've defined that type of culture. Next would be leads. What are we doing to help agents generate leads from the three main lead buckets, which is sphere of influence, which is obviously the best because they're people that hopefully already know us, like us, and trust us. Internet leads, which we think are great for dependent agents because they don't have a large sphere and we can feed them those internet leads. And then outbound prospecting, which is leads that are from anywhere that aren't our sphere and aren't internet, which would include open houses, door knocking, cold calling, uh, expired calls, and that sort of thing. We want our agents to focus on the lead sources that are going to get them the greatest results. Typically, the lead source that got people the greatest result the last 12 months will also be the lead source that's going to get you the greater results the next 12 months. History repeats itself. And you can use those predictable analytics to determine where would be the best place for me to spend my marketing dollars going into the next 12 months. So for example, if you go and run an audit on your agent's sales and 50% of an agent's sales came from their gym, but they're spending 80% of their time on internet leads, they probably just need to go to the gym more often and have parties with people from their gym and maybe join other gyms, have several gym memberships. And so doubling down on the things that have worked, proven based on numbers in the last 12 months, um, I think is gonna be key to being successful from a lead standpoint. Also becoming more intentional now on lead conversion, which is part of accountability, but I'll get into that in a minute. But being intentional to have a lead conversion process. Um, a lot of people, when you ask, what's your lead conversion process? They'll say, what do you mean? And you say, well, if you got a lead that's interested in buying or selling a house, what's your follow-up process? Everyone says, well, I put them in my cell phone. Um, I put them on my calendar. I make some calls. I send some text messages. And I'm like, well, that's not really a process. What's the actual outline? So inside of Elite Real Estate Systems and best practices from our flagship team, Omaha's Elite Real Estate Group, that converted over 2,500 internet leads. To me, to my knowledge, we've converted more internet leads than any team in history. We had a process for converting leads, and it was all based on how far out a buyer or seller told you they are, are going to be buying and or selling a property. And then we communicate at a different level dependent upon what they indicate to us. So right now, more than ever, it's important that we're communicating with leads and we're communicating within the right forum, which is the way that that lead wants us to communicate to them via email, text, Facebook message, et cetera, so that we can make sure that they know that they are top of mind and we are top of mind so that when they are ready to go buy or sell or look at property or get a listing presentation, they think of us and they reach out to us. And so ultimately what we've done is we look at the leads in three different categories. You have hot nurture watch inside of the boomtown vernacular. And I, you could call it ABC. Um, you could do gold, you know, silver, bronze, however you want to categorize your leads. But ultimately a hot lead is someone that you have an appointment set with. They should usually have constant contact with them. You should have an appointment set. So they should be on your calendar. Um, a nurture lead is anyone that says they're three to six months out. You should be calling or texting them every two weeks. And a watch lead is anyone that's six to 12 months out. And you should be calling or texting them every 30 days. Um, on class, we talked culture. We talked leads. We talked lead conversion. That's as much as I'm going to share today. Uh, we have accountability. What is the process that your team undergoes and follows on a weekly basis to hold the agents and all direct reports accountable? Um, inside of our world, we've, we are huge believers in a weekly accountability meeting. That meeting doesn't need to take more than 15 or 20 minutes. It can be longer if you want it to be, but it doesn't need to be. Of course, we have trainings and other types of meetings outside of an accountability meeting. But the intention behind a one-on-one -on -one accountability meeting is holding an individual accountable to the goals that they've set for themselves to be able to hit the goals, the, their big picture goal, uh, which is a dollar goal based on the life that they want to live. And so everyone creates a vision board. And then in that vision board, they have actionables of what they need to do to be able to realize that vision. 
some of the things that they have to do require money. So we would add up all the things that require money and that would help define how much money someone wants to make. So one person might need 20,000 a year to hit their goal. Others might need 300,000 a year. It's not our job to tell them how much money they need to live and lead their lifestyle. It's their job to define the, the lifestyle they want. And it's our job to help them come up with how much money we believe they would need to be able to do that. And then most importantly, from a leadership standpoint, help each person in the organization know exactly what actionable KPI, key performance indicator they would need to do to be able to get the lead, to be able to close the lead, to be able to make the money, to be able to realize the dream that they've set on their vision board. So from an accountability standpoint, we know if an agent inside of our world says, you know, Jeff, I want to make $100,000 a year so that I can do X, Y, Z items that are on my vision board, which might include a trip they want to go on, a car they want to buy, a savings account they want to put a college savings account together, whatever the dream is that they have. That's not my responsibility. It's theirs. It's my responsibility to help them hit that 100,000 mark if they say that's the dollar amount. Well, I know how many calls it takes to get a contact and how many contacts to get an appointment and how many appointments to close a deal. And I know for each individual agent, because all of our agents have to track that on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly basis. So every agent's going to be different. But as an average, we know it takes five call attempts to get one decision maker. It takes 10 decision makers to get one appointment. It takes three appointments to get one sale, which breaks down to 150 calls equals a sale. So if I also know the average commission is, let's say, $3,000, then I can just run the math quickly and take 100 grand divided by 3,000 is 33 transactions times 150 calls um, over 52 weeks. And I can essentially determine exactly how many calls an agent would need to make, outbound calls, to be able to make a certain dollar amount. And then I'd hold them accountable to making those calls. I'd also hold them accountable to going into a CRM and keeping all their leads up to date. So transferring a lead from watch into nurture or from watch into trash or from watch into pending if a deal went under pending from a watch category and making sure that they're taking care of their database. Um, 30 years ago when my mom got her license in the 80s, she used a Rolodex. And it was really hard, I think, to stay on top of a lead in a Rolodex. It doesn't, a Rolodex is just a piece of paper. It didn't remind you to call somebody. Um, today, if you're using any type of simple CRM system, you can set reminders, you can set to do's, um, it can use predictable analytics to determine who's most likely to buy or sell based on the different actions they're doing while they're on a website. Um, if you're on the Boomtown platform, there's a now wall. So like if someone prints off a flyer or runs a mortgage calculator or looks at a house of two times from two different IP addresses or looks at a house a second time within a 24 hour period, it populates on the now wall to say, Hey, this would be a good lead to reach out to. So are we holding our agents accountable to these lead conversion best strategies? Are we holding them accountable to the KPIs they've committed themselves to, to be able to hit their income goal so that they can hit their year end goal? And that covers the A in class. The last two are systems and strategies, and I kind of put these together. As we round this 2023 to 2024 corner, we think about who's covering our lead gen costs. Do we have to pay for all of that out of pocket? Can we still partner strategically? It used to be called a marketing service agreement. Now they're called strategic partnerships. Who are we in business with right now? Who should we be in business with? Whose business did we feed all of 2023 and they've done nothing to help support our team? They promise leads, they promise recruits, they promise all these things, but they're not delivering. Let's start reaching back out to the top five vendor partners that can enter into a strategic partnership legally to help us offset or zero base all of our marketing expenses. In no specific order, a mortgage company, a title company, an insurance company, a home inspection company, and a home warranty company. These are the five best companies that you could partner with 
today. The best way is to have ownership eventually. But if you don't have ownership yet, start in a vendor relationship where they just pay $1 amount every month. Then you move to a strategic partnership where they help pay your third-party CRM company like Boomtown to pay for your internet leads. And then eventually, once you're doing enough business with this company, ask for ownership. Or better yet, like I did, go start out, go start off your own uh, vertical inside of that space, like those five different verticals I just spoke to. And then from a zero basing standpoint, as it pertains to your admin staff, what are you charging clients as a broker fee? A lot of teams are still not fully used, utilizing the ability to charge fees. I know you can't legally do this in every state, but I know in our state, they've changed the name a million times, but it's ultimately a broker commission, a broker fee. They call it a lot of different things, BAC fee. And every transaction, our office charges $600 to the agent. The agent can charge $600 or more to the consumer. It's just an additional line item inside of a listing agreement or purchase agreement. But they have to be consistent with the same amount every single time. And they have to be able to justify what that monthly or sorry, that per transaction fee represents. So our office charges $600, $300 is a transaction fee where we provide a full-on contract to close transaction coordinator. And then the other $300 is a compliance fee that the broker charges each agent to make sure that each file is compliant once the deal goes under contract. And before that agent can receive their commission, we want to ensure that the deal is compliant. So ultimately, those two strategies, marketing service agreements, which are now strategic partnerships, as well as broker commissions or broker fees, zero base all of our marketing expenses, which is over $10,000 a month in uh, Google PPC. And it zero bases most of our admin support. So our transaction coordinators, our success managers, our team leaders, um, our CEO, our COO, our sign runner. And so that's a great strategy looking at 2024 is trying to figure out how can you be more profitable? And this isn't part of systems and strategies, but it's something for everyone to be kind of chewing on. How can we generate more revenue per transaction outside of the commission? Everyone's wanting to save money. Everyone's wanting to cut their commission. Obviously, the industry is under attack. I don't know that there's a, a way to sugarcoat that any better than that. But the buyer agent is under attack in receiving commission. Um, I think in time, the buyer commission might go drastically down, if not be eliminated altogether. The consumer is not going to want to have to compensate a buyer. The buyer of a house is certainly not going to want to have to compensate the buyer agent. And so if the seller can no longer do that and they're only getting paid out a 3% commission to a seller, I don't know how a buyer agent's going to justify to a buyer to pay them 3% of the purchase price of their home. Assuming that that goes away, that's not the end of the world. I actually think it'd be great for the industry because it takes a lot of people out of the industry that are just out there doing one or two deals a year, representing a buyer when they shouldn't because they're, they're not professionals. Um, I think somebody that has made this a career is going to be much better off, even if buyers weren't compensated, because I think as listing agents, we could still list a home at 6% or 5%. And if a buyer comes directly to us, in most states, dual agency is legal, and we can represent both sides of the transaction. I know in Nebraska, it is legal. If you're in a state where it's not legal, I think that you just simply have a buyer agent inside your company or on your team that would represent the buy side if a buyer lead were to come through, which that works in my belief system as well. So as we start looking at additional ways to generate profit, I mentioned earlier ancillary businesses, elite real estate systems has been teasing a concept for this entire year. We've actually been beta testing a new platform that we're calling powered by ERS. 
And this is kind of like a light announcement. I haven't fully announced. We'll have episodes coming up in the next couple of weeks. We also have an event that we're hosting in three or four weeks from now, which is going to be a virtual boot camp in which we will be unveiling our new Powered by ERS offering. But ultimately, our belief is that if you have the data and you're representing someone buying or selling real estate, there's no reason you shouldn't also own the title company, if you're a title state, the mortgage company, the insurance company that's securing their home and auto insurance, and then also having companies like a property management company, a development company um, inside that mix to help provide additional value to both your agents as well as the people that you're serving as consumers. I think for a real estate team or broker to survive, they're going to have to be cognizant about launching ancillary businesses to increase profit, build wealth, and create freedom inside of their real estate career. And I think a lot of real estate brokerages and teams and agents right now are leaving the industry. I'm not surprised by that because a lot of people entered the industry and they were only here for a small while. The reason they were here for a small while is it was easy. Now it's back to being hard. Uh, when I got my license in 2006, in my market, there were almost 9,000 houses on the market, which is nine months worth of, worth of inventory, which is a buyer's market. Of course, we all know what happened then in 2008, 2009, 2010, things got harder and harder. My business always grew. And one of the main reasons that it always grew is I stayed consistent on the KPIs, the key performance indicators, to make sure that I would be successful. So everyone listening to this, your business can grow as well. Look at your MLS, how many deals closed last year at this exact same month, or two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Most places isn't going to change drastically. Even a 50% change, in my opinion, is not drastic. Um, you're just trying to go out there and capture 1% or 2% of the business might even be less depending on how many listings you have in your marketplace. Why should the consumer choose you? Why should they choose your brand? Why should they choose your real estate team over everybody else? If you don't have an answer to that question, people shouldn't use you. Hopefully right out of the gate, you're like, well, this is why agents should work here or this is why the consumer should choose to use us. Now are we communicating that at a high level? So when you look at class, culture, leads, accountability, system, strategies, one of your strategies needs to be constant communication across every marketing medium Social media being the easiest, that's the low-lying fruit, email blasts, text messages, phone calls, events, all of these things combined are going to define the culture that you've created to both attract and retain not only agents to your company, but also the consumers who we serve. So like I mentioned in 2024, in January, Elite Real Estate Systems Group Coaching is going to be kick kicking off this topic. Big picture. We're going to spend an hour on that topic the first Thursday of January in which I will be opening the topic up. And then we'll have three additional Thursdays all dedicated to big picture, kind of unwinding everything that I talked about today and getting in the weeds on how to make sure that we're pivoting and positioning ourselves to be successful despite all the changes coming down the pipeline in the market. Um, if you want information about Elite Real Estate Systems, if you've been a past client and are thinking about rejoining or you want more information and you've never heard anything about Elite Real Estate Systems, we'd love for you to jump on a demo call. It takes 30 minutes. Uh, we have some specials that we're running right now. Go to ersdemocall.com. You'll be able to get on with one of our full-time trainers and partners, Logan Boyce. He does a great job walking you through the entire offering of what you get in the team leader coaching platform. Uh, but ultimately, for a thousand a month, you get four group coaching calls as a team leader with other top team leaders. We have 60 or 70 other top teams that we coach. 
Your agents get two hours a week of coaching content. That's eight hours a month of agent training for agent topics specifically, as well as dialogue training around those agent topics. You get investor training included every Tuesday by my investor partner, who he and I built over a $20 million portfolio over the last five years. And you get insurance and mortgage training. So if you have a mortgage lender that you partnered with or an insurance partner, uh, they can both attend those trainings that are dedicated specifically to building and scaling a mortgage or insurance team in your marketplace. And then there's tons of other content that we make available to all of our group coaching clients, including discounts on a myriad of um, vendor partners that are out there, which I won't list today verbally, but you can find all of that information on our site when you go through that demo call. So again, for more information about that, go to ersdemocall.com. Uh, really appreciate you guys listening to this episode and all of the other episodes. We've had an amazing year. Our audience is the largest it's ever been. So we appreciate you guys supporting us. The best way to show your appreciation for the information that we have shared is to go out on the podcast app or YouTube page that you're on that you fought what you typically follow and give us a review. Uh, give us five stars. Um, or whatever the highest rating is that you can please provide. And then also give a shout out to one of the guests that we've had or to myself, Jeff Cohn, and what topic you've enjoyed listening to. If there's a specific guest you want us to bring on the show, feel free to comment in your review of who you'd love to hear from. It could be an author. It could be another real estate podcaster or thought leader uh, across the country or anywhere in the world for that matter. And we'll be sure to line them up. A lot of people are wanting to get on the show. Uh, we've chosen to do solo episodes most of the end of 2023 because there's been so many changes and we just want to give you the direct content that we're experiencing because we are running a, a 70 agent brokerage in Omaha, Nebraska. We have a lot of experience firsthand in what's working and what's not and making sure that everyone's pivoting and staying up up. Um, with the times and all of the different changes in the industry. We want to make sure that our audience is getting the content when they need it so that you're not left in the dust. If you've ever read the book, Who Moved the Cheese? You've got all these skinny rats that get fat eating off a big block of cheese and that big block of cheese goes away. And every, some of the rats keep coming back to the same spot and there's no more cheese where the other rats are scurrying off looking for the, the blue water, looking for the other opportunities. And we want to make sure that we as an audience um, and a podcast family, ERS Nation. Uh, we want to make sure that everyone's taking advantage of the opportunities that are out there right now, considering the different market conditions that we're experiencing. And we want to help be a solution to the problem and help um, address whatever issues that we're all experiencing together. So getting your guys' feedback as reviews is great. Also, if there's, like I mentioned, any type of additional content you want us to talk about or guests you want us to bring on, don't hesitate to reach out to us. And you can also just message us, DM us on our Instagram page, Elite Real Estate Systems. And until next time, I really appreciate you guys following this episode. Thank you.